derived peptides. So can you kind of introduce them? Let me start with the mitochondria. So our body is made of cells. All cells, except perhaps red blood cells, contain mitochondria. Mitochondria have multiple roles. They're the energy source of the cells. Uh, they also have uh, function as immune regulators, as metabolic regulators, as inducers of programmed cell death. And mitochondrial dysfunction is involved in many different diseases, but particularly in diseases of aging. And everything we said about aging in general applies to the mitochondria in spades. Mitochondria are much more prone to uh, DNA damage. They, uh, their function declines much more rapidly than nuclear function. And they accumulate neuromutations and uh, uh, see uh, damage as we age. The one thing that makes the mitochondria unique is it contains its own chromosome. This chromosome is much smaller than the nuclear chromosomes. It's only 16,000 base pairs, which isn't much. And it contains 13 large protein coding genes that are part of the so-called respiratory chain that allows the mitochondria to uh, turn oxygen into ATP, and also has its own ribosome system that allows it to produce proteins within the mitochondria. That was the thinking up till 20 years ago when we and a couple of other groups stumbled on an observation that there is a small gene within a gene in the mitochondrial DNA that uh, a scientist who has already passed away from uh, Tokyo, Japan named Nishimoto, he named that protein humanin. My lab cloned it at the same time that he cloned humanin. He was the first to recognize its importance and publish it. Um, we became friends in the early 2000s, and unfortunately, uh, he died from cancer uh, a little over 10 years ago. Um, humanin turned out to be this novel small peptide encoded in the mitochondrial DNA. We believe it gets uh, the mRNA for humanin goes from the mitochondria to the cytoplasm, where it gets translated into this little peptide, 24 amino acid peptide, gets secreted out of the cell and then circulates around the body and has really tremendous beneficial effects from protecting the brain, from cognitive decline, from protecting aging tissues, from fibrosis and other damage, uh, from delaying or preventing atherosclerosis, and there are now probably over 500 publications from over 30 laboratories around the world demonstrated the various beneficial effects of humanin in animal models, mainly mice and rats, in uh, primarily the context of aging. And so humanin is sort of the quintessential mitochondrial peptide. So about 17 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, in one of our lab meetings, we started asking if there is one small open reading frame hiding inside a larger gene, why shouldn't there be more of them? Mm -hmm. And we started studying the mitochondrial DNA 
looking for additional open reading frames. And by now, we realize that there are many hundreds of them, probably six or 700 small open reading frames, each of which can be conceptually translated into a small peptide. Uh, by the way, these days, we like to call them microproteins rather than micropeptides. That's the latest trend. And many, many hundreds of microproteins can theoretically be made by the mitochondrial DNA. We have now uh, believed that we identified dozens of these in the mitochondria. And the big change that has happened in the field is that people have started recognizing that there are microproteins, these small open reading frames that get translated, it's translated into peptides. They exist also in the nuclear genome. And there are actually hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of small open reading frames that can encode microproteins in the nuclear genomes. And there are multiple groups working on these. In fact, there was this really interesting family of molecules known as long non-coding RNAs that was discovered about 15 to 20 years ago. And by their name, it implies that they don't code for any protein. Now people are recognizing that many of these long non-coding RNAs actually do code for microprotein. So the science of microproteins is expanding. We like to believe that we started it and that we really are moving the needle in the mitochondrial sphere, but many outstanding scientists are now working on uh, nuclearly encoded mito uh, uh, microproteins that have important biological roles. I happen to believe that these microproteins from the mitochondria, from the mitochondrial DNA that we work on, are particularly important in aging, precisely because during the aging process, there is so much damage to mitochondria and mitochondrial DNA that the production of these mitochondrial microproteins goes down, leading to uh, poor performance of certain things, certain tissues, certain biological processes, and resulting in diseases like diabetes and Alzheimer's disease and other diseases like fibrosis, which mitochondrial microproteins can uh, repair, correct, and reverse. So uh, when we recognize that there could be more mitochondrial microproteins, we started out initially by just saying, okay, here's humanin. Right next to it, there's another open reading frame. Let's see what that one does. And we named a bunch of them small humanin-like peptides or schleps. One of them is called Schlep2, and it's a very exciting microprotein that we're working on and published now in about 10 or 15 papers. And to me, it's one of the most promising candidates that can be translated into human disease and whether that disease would be Parkinson or some other condition, we're still unraveling. But about a decade ago, and we published this in 2015, we noted that there was a small open reading frame a little bit further away from humanin, which we called MOTC. And MOTC turned out to be a fascinating microprotein. And it has uh, exercise mimetic and exercise enhancing 
biological activity that result in weight loss in mice that are obese or for the high di fat diet, um, reduction in steatosis or uh, hepatosteatosis is fatty liver. Mm -hmm. One of my colleagues is now showing that it also decreased something called myosteatosis, which is a really underappreciated severe process of aging where there's fat accumulation in muscle. Mm -hmm. And Matsi uh, ameliorate that and reverses that. So Matsi, which is also regulated by exercise, if you exercise, you secrete Matsi, uh, is a, an exciting peptide with potential roles in a number of conditions from frailty to obesity to fatty liver. And we licensed this to the company uh, Cobar that Nir Barzilai and myself founded uh, a little over a decade ago. And it has completed uh, phase one studies and is now planning uh, phase two studies with Matsi, as well as um, identifying several other potentially important microproteins from the mitochondria, which uh, they will uh, hopefully develop for additional diseases of aging, such as uh, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis and related conditions. Mm -hmm.